how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to Creative Principles. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. In this podcast interview series, I'll be speaking with writers, directors, actors, musicians, chefs, and various other types of creatives as we bridge the gap between creativity and productivity. Here we'll be discussing the habits, routines, and lessons that help promote a successful creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. This episode is brought to you by IronJohnGear.com. In between your creative pursuits, make sure to check out Iron John Gear for top apparel, footwear, fitness items, outdoor supplies, sports gear, and much more. Visit the website for top deals on things like lanterns, backpacks, tents, snow clothing, bomber hats, sunglasses, fishing gear, and more. Visit ironjohngear.com today and save money on your next adventure. In addition to Iron John Gear, make sure to also check out Freelancer Class, where you can learn how to become a freelancer full-time or part-time. The online course will teach you how to make money online as a writer, marketer, designer, virtual assistant, accountant, or salesperson. Stay tuned after the show to learn how to get access for free to this $99 valued freelancer course, along with some other free items on our website, creativeprinciples.live. In the Nicolas Cage-driven film Looking Glass, a couple buys a desert motel where they find very strange and mysterious events take place. Leading up to this film, director Tim Hunter has worked on dozens of television shows like Hannibal, Mad Men, Twin Peaks, and Breaking Bad. In this interview, he talks about how directing television is great training for making indie films, career longevity in Hollywood, why noir films have an unexpected complexity, and non-cinematic influences for filmmaking. I like to think of myself, I suppose, as a kind of classical director, and I'm I'm started out as a writer, and I'm very material-oriented. So, one of the things I love about uh, directing uh, TV and going from show to show is the challenge of meeting a whole new, different. Uh, group of people every time, seeing what the style of the show is, seeing how the producers and the people who are running the show are trying to set the style of the show, and then adapting myself to it, you know, so that, uh, um, you know, you shoot an episode of Riverdale somewhat differently from the way you would shoot an episode of Hannibal, um, you know, which in turn is uh, different from uh, the style you would use to shoot a, uh, a soap opera or a uh, more traditional police procedural let's say, and I like to, you know, think that I can adapt to that style. But uh, TV, of course, uh, uh, the, in the episodic world, they, you know, they're making them bigger and bigger. They want more and more production. They want more and more action and special effects. They want it more and more to look like a feature. So um, one has the, uh, the, the pressure of meeting those expectations and trying to put uh, great visual uh, uh, kinetic stuff on the screen while still sticking to what usually is an eight-day schedule 
to do a script that runs from 50 to 60 pages. Um, you know, so that's the challenge uh, and the fun of it at the same time. Um, I do think it's good uh, practice, as John Dahl used to call it. He used to, to, to describe it as a, as a, as a, as a f- developing floor skills, quote unquote. It's good uh, training for independent features. Um, a picture like this, which is a small feature with a, like a 20-day schedule. Um, obviously, if you have the capability of shooting seven, eight, nine pages a day on a TV show, it gives you a certain amount of prep to uh, to deal with a with a schedule on a small feature that's somewhat easier that might only be shooting four or five pages a day. Um, you know, and it's the, then the luxury of being able to rehearse more, to plan your shots out in a little more detail, to delve, delve deeper into the scenes and try to bring even more out of them than you can on a TV show. But uh, the uh, one definitely, uh, one set of skills definitely helps the uh, the other, I think. So in addition to this willingness to adapt, are there other bits of advice you could share about career longevity in Hollywood? Uh, well, I think, uh, you know, in my case, uh, it was a, um, a decision to do whatever I could to keep working. Um, it was obviously at a certain point, uh, even though River's Edge had been a, uh, a critical success and a financial success in relation to its small budget, you know, that I was not a, uh, going to be a big studio commercial feature director. So, uh, and what I wanted to do was just keep directing to keep working, so television has been wonderful in that uh, it's uh, you know it's been a means for me to just keep working on the on in the job that I uh, that I love with the skills that I have. I think that uh, you know that keep keeping keeping working is the uh, is the essence of uh, longevity in uh, in any career and in terms of starting out. I don't really think that there's any way to make films except to find a way to start start making films, you know, whether you're making them on a cell phone or finding a piece of material that you can option or something in the public domain that you can write, whether you get into it as a uh, strictly as a director or whether you are kind of writing your way into filmmaking and directing. Um, you just have to claw your way into it and keep working uh, as much as you can. So your new film, Looking Glass, kind of puts a twist on the motel thriller. Generally speaking, a lot of times the guest is the protagonist, but this time it's actually the new owner is the protagonist who finds himself in trouble. What initially drew you to this project? Well, apart from the fact that it's a neo-noir and a murder mystery and I love the genre, um, I felt it was an interesting story about a man in conflict, uh, a conflicted couple, uh, they want to be faithful to each other. They want to keep their marriage together, even though he's possibly transgressed and she was drinking too much and taking pills and their daughter fell off a balcony and was killed. So they're in a precarious place, and dramatically being in that kind of a place is always an interesting place to start a picture. Um, you know, they want to start a new life in the motel. The last thing in the world that they need is a secret passage to a one-way mirror in a room where, you know, where all kinds of dark sex and murder stuff is taking place. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, that's what the sex-murder voyeurism story plays to in terms of bringing out the unresolved psychological issues of inside the uh, Nicolas Cage uh, character. 
I thought that there was a uh, kind of a darkly comic aspect to it that I certainly responded to. And as in a lot of my favorite film noirs and B pictures, although the surface details are resolved, the plot details are resolved, the murder mystery and the whether they survive it and stuff like that. The underlying psychological uh, issues are still there at the end, which I thought was honest and uh, good for the noir genre. And uh, I think that's what I re-responded re to, the, uh, the, the uh, sort of unexpected complexity of the, uh, of the piece. It sounds like character is a very important detail for you when choosing a project. What other key elements might stand out when you're looking to do your next uh, horror or thriller type, type piece? Well, I, I, I do gravitate toward noirs and thrillers, and I hope that I can do uh, do more of them. But uh, they have to have an underlying of honest emotional component to them, or else you just don't don't care. Um, you know, it's all about the characters. So uh, once you find a piece of material like this that potentially has some character complexity to it and brings out the contradictions, you know, within uh, uh, the the guy and the uh, and the couple. Um, then uh, once you, once you get that kind of uh, emotional character stuff working for you, then I think the you know the, then I think you can concentrate on the style more and the look of the thing. And in this case, the look of the motel, the uh, the you know the kind of uh, hyper the kind of heightened reality of film noir. Uh, clicks in, you know, and you can try to uh, stylize the uh, the piece so that it works for the uh, for the story and 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 you know and and, and illustrates the uh, illustrates the underlying uh, theme and and issues of the of the of the plot. I read one review that loosely compared this story to maybe a, a Twin Peaks sort of feel. I also read that you worked on that show. What were some of your cinematic influences for uh, Looking Glass? Um, well, it, I think that it's, uh, on, on a picture like this, Hitchcock is always an influence. And, um, you know, being a kind of a film student of classic film, I'm, I'm always happily influenced by uh, almost everybody good. But um, you know, certainly in the noir noir directors and uh and Hitchcock. But uh we also looked at uh the cameraman and our production designer and I had a lot of uh still photography um of a modern uh nature. We were looking at pictures uh by a guy named Todd Hido, H I D O, who does these kind of wonderful suburban landscapes of uh pictures of tract houses and motels and washes them in a kind of surreal colored light. And uh, we were looking at uh, William Eggleston, at Nan Golden, and, uh, you know, taking some inspiration from, uh, from still photography as well as from uh, uh, other directors. The, uh, you know, having done Twin Peaks back in the 90s, uh, which was, you know, of course, a great experience, and the show has turned out to be uh, uh, pretty durable in terms of its influence. You know, it's a one one sees uh, similarities in a piece of material like this without really having to, you know, to go back and uh, imitate anything uh, specific. But it's all a, it's all in the noir chain, you know, and uh, it's a wonderful genre. 
I read that you were uh, formerly a, a professor at the University of California. What advice might you give a young, driven filmmaker about to enter the business? Um, I think that, you know, to make films, you just have to find a way to start making films, whether you do it on a cell phone or a video camera, um, you know, or whether you write your way into it by finding a piece of material that you can, uh, that's in the public domain or a story that you can option, uh, uh, I I just would say that uh, figure out what your goal is and fight your way into it uh, any way you can, and then just keep working uh, as long as you can. It's uh, not necessarily an easy business to get into, but lots of people do it. There's wonderful new talent, uh, you know, exploding uh, all the time. I I don't know whether or not you need to study film of. Uh, to do it, although uh, a certain um, certain basis, I think, in in film history and uh, the traditions of film style uh, can't hurt. Uh, Orson Welles used to say that you could learn anything you needed to know about filmmaking in a couple of days. Uh, Antonioni, I think, said that you could learn anything you needed to know about filmmaking in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, but but uh, I think you just have to just find a way to start and then keep going and make yourself heard. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Before you leave, don't forget to sign up for the weekly newsletter. We also get free access to the freelancer course, Master the Freelancer Mindset. This system will teach you exactly how to find clients online, which includes step one, the psychology of the mindset. Step two, how to create a killer profile, and step three, how to find quality clients. This online course is valued at $99. It can be yours for free. In addition to the free course, you'll get access to the ebook How Hollywood Screenwriters Annihilate Writer's Block. This contains advice from Aaron Sorkin, Carrie Fukunaga, and William Monahan. You can find all of this and more on creativeprinciples.live. Visit the website for new interviews, articles, and the daily blog. That's creativeprinciples.live.